Hey everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, experts from Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journey in this growing industry, giving you some insights on the ecosystem to hopefully help you to take part in the climate change fight and benefit from the opportunities that it can also represent. The podcast is divided in two small interviews. During the first part, you will get to know our speaker, their perspective on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. The second part of the talk will be for all members of the community who will learn from the speakers their secret sauce on how to, sharing with you their unique expertise on various topics as fundraising, management, strategy, and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. Let's go for the show. Hi, everyone. During this new episode of our founder series, we are sitting down with Chris Turr, serial entrepreneur, investor, CEO, and co-founders at Carwicrete. We will start this interesting conversation covering Chris' entrepreneurial journey in the cleantech industry, which has lasted for more than 15 years. Then you will learn how Carwicrete team developed an innovative technology to enable the production of a cement-free, carbon-negative concrete using industrial byproducts such as steel slag and capture CO2. By offering concrete manufacturers the process, materials, and support to make lower cost, higher quality precast concrete in a way that reduces their carbon footprint. Carbicrete opens up a new way to decrease the 10% of global CO2 emissions released by the entire concrete production industry. During the second part of the talk, Chris will share with you his fundraising secret sauce that he learned during his entrepreneurial and investor journey. This journey covers bootstrapping, choosing your investors, and other ways to finance your initial stages. Finally, Chris will share his view on the climate tech industry trends. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. Uh, we are very happy to, uh, to have you here uh, with us. So before we start, I'd like you to give us uh, a 20-second intro about uh, Carbitech. Yeah, Carbicrete is a, a, a technology company that is replacing uh, cement um, in the concrete industry. Uh, it's carbon-negative concrete. Fantastic. Um, so let's start by the by the top. Uh, can you tell uh, us a bit more about uh, your story uh, and and background and uh, what was your uh, driver to jump into the clean climate tech uh, industry before it became as uh, as hot as it sounds uh, today? Um, actually, uh, this is my second uh, startup. Uh, I've been in the clean tech for fifteen years. Um, 16 years, sorry. Um, so basically, uh, my first startup was a, in solar power, uh, residential solar power. Uh, we installed, owned and operated solar power on residential rooftop uh, in North America in a company called Pure Energies. 
and uh, we started that company in 2010 with four of us. There was four founders, and we um, uh, grew it to about 200 people uh, in about four years. And uh, so we had offices in Toronto, San Francisco, um, as well as uh, Seattle. And uh, what we did uh, is we uh, it was an online customer acquisition model. So we were like Priceline.com for solar. Uh, and uh, so we ended up uh, growing that from a couple hundred kilowatts of solar power every month to three megawatts every month, uh, which uh, got the interest of NRG Energy, uh, which is uh, America's largest uh, transmitter of electricity, uh, independent transmitter. Uh, at 55 gigawatts, they purchased uh, all the shares of Pure Energies in 2014. Uh, so um, that was a, a very good exit for us. Uh, and then uh, I did not too much for about a year uh, until my dad told me to go back to work. Uh, and then I, uh, uh, so I, he introduced me to some people at McGill, uh, which is where I went to university. Uh, and that's where I discovered, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I was introduced to Mirdad Mahutian, my business partner and the CTO of this company of Carbicrete. Uh, and uh, I found out that uh, cement was very bad, and I did not know that there was two gigatons of CO2 that were created when cement was being manufactured, uh, which is about 8% of the greenhouse gas emissions uh, worldwide. So it's quite uh, an, an, a brutally intensive industry in terms of carbon. Uh, so they'd come up with this way to replace cement with a industrial waste called steel slag. Uh, and steel slag is, um, it's made, there's 230 million tons of it made every year and it grows every year uh, in, in volume uh, along with the growth of steel. Uh, and typically this steel slag uh, is normally used as road base, um, you know, for constructing roads. So very low value. It's like, um, it's like aggregate basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and not, not all of it's used. A big portion of it's just piled up or put into landfill. Uh, so, uh, in place of cement, we use steel slag, this industrial waste, uh, and we make concrete, you know, um, CMUs, so concrete blocks and uh, paving stones. Uh, we make it in standard equipment, uh, and uh, then we put it into a, a curing chamber, which is CO2 rich. Uh, and then there's a chemical reaction that happens uh, mm -hmm. where the CO2 um, is reacting with the steel slag, and it allows the product to gain strength really effectively. Uh, and so at, at the end, we've got high strength, very durable products that come out of uh, a curing system that are ready to ship within 24 hours versus regular concrete, which is 28 days. Uh, and it uh, and basically it's carbon negative. So because we're not using cement, we are avoiding, uh, you know, a good amount of cement. And I can give you an example. A regular construction block is uh, a CMU, construction masonry unit. Uh, is 18 kilograms. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no two, two kilograms of cement in there, so we avoid two kilograms of cement. Therefore, we avoid two kilograms of carbon dioxide that was emitted because it's one for one uh, in the cement making process. And furthermore, we can sequester permanently up to a kilogram of CO2 uh, into that concrete block. So you've got a net removal of three kilograms per 18 kilograms. So it's quite substantial uh, in terms of its uh, efficacy uh, of, uh, on the carbon side. Uh, so we've been developing this product uh, and the business plan since 2016, uh, basically. Uh, we've raised uh, a bunch of money. We've opened up a um, R&D facility that's 1,000 square meters uh, or 10,000 square feet for 
people in North America. Uh, and um, and in that um, in that uh, facility, we've got uh, a full concrete lab, uh, as well as uh, an industrial lab where we can make full scale products and do full scale tests. And of course, our headquarters, uh, which uh, is only populated by our R and D people now. Uh, but uh, we all have offices there and hope to uh, occupy them at one point. Um, the, um, and so that's our R&D facility. We are also running a full-scale pilot about a, an hour from Montreal uh, where we're making CMUs, the concrete masonry units that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. uh, at a company called Patio Drummond. Uh, and so the, the idea here is to convert, uh, you know, as many as possible masonry companies in the vicinity, uh, vicinity of the steel plant that we're doing business with, uh, to uh, to um, uh, you know outfit these uh, folks with uh, our technology. Uh, so uh, that's what we're up to. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're a team of about fifteen people and, and growing, and uh, we're uh, ready to take on the world. So. Fantastic. So b before we go to, to, to deep into the into the process, thank you so much for uh, enlarging the, the, the question. Uh, but I'd like you to give us a little bit of uh, a context here on the, the, the concrete industry uh, today. Um, you mentioned already the, the contribution to the, the climate change uh, in itself in terms of CO2 emission. Um, do you see any things that are changing? How is the industry changing uh, today? And what needs to happen uh, to operate those, uh, those, those, those change? Is there any regulation uh, pushing the market? Uh, and how does Carbic uh, Carbic uh fits uh, into that uh, new dynamic, maybe? Yeah, well, it's difficult. Uh, it's really difficult, to be quite honest, because uh, cement leg steel is a very difficult to decarbonize industry, uh, mostly because you need the carbon as part of the process uh, to convert the uh, um, the limestone into something usable. So, um, you know, different fuels can be used at the cement plant, which will save some CO2. Uh, so if electricity is used, that's that's okay. Uh, but just the nature of the chemical reaction when they're making it releases CO2. Uh, so, you know, they can put regulations on it or carbon tax, let's say, for example, but it's hard for, for cement companies to modify what they're doing unless they capture the CO2 uh, and do something with it. Um, so our technology is great because we avoid that whole question uh, by not using cement. Uh, so we... You know, we don't have to deal with, uh, you know, decarbonizing the cement uh, side of it. Uh, so it's uh, very favorable to what we're doing. Uh, of course, as you, as you may know, the concrete industry is, uh, you know, there's well over 14 billion tons of it made every year. So more than two tons made for every uh, person that's um, on the planet uh, every single year. And, uh, you know, so there's plenty uh, of uh, market uptake. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Uh, it's the second most used product after water uh, in the world. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's it's basically limitless as to what we can do. Uh, and and quite frankly, we're uh, you know we're on the path here to to decarbonizing it. And in fact, not just decarbonizing it, but we're carbon negative. So this yeah. is something a little bit different. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of technologies out there that are lower carbon, you know, or um, you know. Texts that do a little bit of, uh, of the work, but nobody can say they're carbon negative. Uh, big, it's a big statement, and it's not just us saying it. We've had two life cycle analysis uh, done of our product, and they both come up carbon negative.
And uh, we're continuing to do research as to how we can improve on our LCAs, the life cycle analysis uh, that have been produ uh, produced uh, so that we can um, you know, uh, get a better and better performance uh, on the environmental side uh, of our product. Okay. So with Kirby uh, Create, um, can we go a little bit uh, deeper into the into the, the process? So, um, how long did it take you uh, with your with your team uh, to to build this this whole uh, this whole process? And you're mentioning that you guys are using uh, mainly uh, still Slack. Uh, how do you source that? You go directly to the um, steel uh, manufacturing, or um, are you guys also um, you know? exporting them and uh, using transportation to uh, be closer to the uh, concrete uh, facilities plant. Uh, and how do you, in the process, if I understand well, you also uh, are using like CO2 uh, that you inject uh, into uh, into the, the process. So how do you source that, uh, that CO2? Is that something that you also use uh, direct air capture uh, technology to do that? Or if you can walk us through the, the process? Yeah, so for the steel slag side of it, there's, uh, um, you know, there's steel is being made because people need steel. They don't make steel to make slag. So uh, the um, so what we've done is we've teamed up with uh, a company called Harsco, which is a uh, Fortune 500 firm uh, that is in the steel mill services, uh, and they're the largest processor of steel slag. So typically at a steel plant, uh, you know they melt the, uh, the steel and they, um, once it's ready, they pour off the slag, which mm -hmm. is the, the top 15% uh, of the steel. Uh, and it's necessary to make steel slag to make good steel, uh, but it's, it's poured off and it's cooled by Harsco uh, and, and collected. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's crushed and separated to remove uh, any ferrous materials Mm -hmm. uh, and then sent back into the process, and the rest of the slag is, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, it's either put into landfill or it's repurposed as some sort of an aggregate. Harsco mm -hmm. uh, uh, is our is our investor, one of our investors, and uh, we have a supply uh, marketing agreement with them worldwide uh, to take uh, advantage of their 140 uh, customers, where they're at steel plants, uh, you know, processing the steel slag. So, um, you know, a big part of our business, uh, obviously, outside of the actual intellectual property is, you know, being able to allow our customers to have a proper supply chain. Uh, because um, it's great if we have technology, but people need to be able to make this stuff. So uh, we've uh, worked hard on this with uh, Harsco. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, uh, so the general idea is to basically identify mm -hmm. good sources of slag mm -hmm. and then uh, quantities and projections. And then from there, we can test the slag. Uh, once we've qualified it, then we can go and find customers that can uptake the slag around a steel plant. And much to what you had mentioned, uh, it's better if you know the customers are near the steel plants because otherwise you have to transport the material over long distances. So, you know, right now we've identified, uh, you know, population versus concrete producers versus steel producers uh, and, and basically, beginning our business model there. And the first place we're proving that out is in the province of Quebec, where we've signed up a number of customers to, um, you know, uh, to move forward uh, with our mm -hmm. technology. Uh, and we've sourced the uh, steel slag, which is local from a, uh, a local steel plant. And 
we're effectively looking to build up this cl- cluster of companies to be able to make carbocrete products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so the main ingredient is steel slag, but as you mentioned correctly, uh, the, the other key ingredient is carbon dioxide, uh, which, um, you know, our, the, our products don't cure in 410 ppm, but they, uh, so unfortunately they don't cure in, in, in air, but um, they do cure inside of a curing chamber, which we fill up with CO2. Now, right now we're getting uh, CO2 directly from waste streams that are, uh, that are collected by uh, one of the gas producers uh, that mm-hmm. sell gas um, and there's only three of them, uh, so there's uh, there's just a number of them. But that's not the uh, you know the end game is to team up with DAC companies, direct air capture, and we're talking to a number uh, as to what we can do together with them to supply us with the CO2 that can help us cure the concrete uh, on a mobile basis. You know because uh, it's great if we go uh, co-locate at a steel plant uh, that's making a million tons of CO2 a year. I don't think we can take all that CO2. Uh, so it's much more of a dispersed uh, type of model. Um, you know, the um, each one of our, our, our masonry plants can can um, basically um, sequester or avoid up to twenty thousand tons of CO two per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we need a number of these to be uh, to be able to uh, basically get the the um, the, um, the concrete numbers up. Okay, and is the, the, the CO2 uh, just out of uh, curiosity uh, that you you purchase uh, is the direct air capture uh, CO2 that uh, you could eventually buy would be like uh, at a competitive uh, pricing because I mean a, a lot of uh, you know um, I would say uh, uh, people are saying that uh, the price uh, from direct air capture is still very high so is that something that uh, would, be, would it be possible uh, regarding your economical uh, margin and uh, uh, that you have with uh, with uh, Carbicrete, or is it something that in fact the price is still too high and out of the out of the equation uh, to make it uh, profitable to, uh, as of today? I think it's high right now, uh, but that's just a question of you know where it is in the technology curve. Uh, we're we're happy to take uh, CO2 from one of the um, gas suppliers for now Mm -hmm. uh, at the at the prevailing prices which are makes sense in the economical model Uh, but the goal is to you know team up with the DAC producer that can produce it at a similar cost or lower um, you know um, to be able to be a part of this um, effort Mm -hmm. and secondly to that I mean we are instrumental uh, as a partner to a DAC because it's great if companies can capture CO2, but they have to do something with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you could put it into the ground, uh, which is okay, except it might leak out. Uh, so why don't companies put it into concrete that you can actually sell as a value-added product? And that's mm-hmm. a message we're sending out to the market. Um, go capture the CO2 and we'll take it. We'll put it into our product. And, uh, you know, Quite frankly, there, there's many tech companies now that are paying, uh, you know, companies, DAC companies and others to capture CO2 and uh, permanently uh, utilize it forever. Mm-hmm. And there's no better way to do that than mineralization, uh, because unless you burn the concrete, there's no CO2 ever coming out of it. So it's a permanent solution. Yeah.
Well, thank you for that, so much. Uh, if you can uh, maybe give us uh, a little bit uh, more uh, insight about the economics of uh, Cabricrete, uh, what are the, 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 the margin that uh, you guys are expecting and how far are you into the, the process to reach that, uh, that margin in the future? Yeah, I mean, well, we're trying to price everything in terms of the license uh, as well as the skill slag supply uh, such that the end user, which is, you know, a masonry producer, uh, can make the product for around the same price uh, as uh, as what they are making today, and then they can sell it for whatever they want. Uh, so in terms of the end user margins, um, you know, it's up to them to price it the way they want. Uh, but internally, I mean, we're a pretty light run company. Um, you know, we, we're not building massive facilities, uh, which have a lot of CapEx we are licensing. So uh, as with many licensing deals, the margins are, um, you know, Healthy, uh, because you know there's uh, there, there there's not a lot of capex. It's more mostly know-how, uh, and you know, making sure that the, the companies have uh, the right materials uh, and process in place to produce the product. So that's and I guess and I assume will uh, help to uh, to scale. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, ready to conquer the conquer the world. Uh, so if you can tell us a little bit about like uh, your plan uh, to scale your uh, your operation uh, and uh, the size of the market, uh, the market opportunity, uh, and maybe the, the the steps to achieve uh, that uh, world uh, conquest. Uh, yeah, so it basically comes down to identifying good steel slag supply and signing customers that are, customers are not far from it, you know, within 100, 200 kilometers of uh, thing. Uh, so that's the, uh, that, that's the that's the goal, you know, basically step by step, go identify uh, and convert. And how far are you in the, in the process? So now you're in, the, in, in Canada, Quebec, and are you, what's next uh, in terms of... Uh, any international expansion uh, within the next uh, 12 to, uh, to 24 months, or uh, they still- Absolutely, yeah, for... I mean, look, the next step is probably Ontario, <laughs> to be quite, quite uh, and after that, you know, the United States, so we're, we'll stay as close as possible to home. And then, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, we've got a good investor that's, uh, that's um, a great uh, footprint, so we can uh, mm -hmm. work on as well. Uh, and uh, move around with them around the world, uh, you know, in terms of uh, getting the technology out there. Any uh, European expansion plan? Uh, we, we don't have anything specific, but we have many interested parties there, uh, interested customers. So we're trying to figure out the best path forward uh, in Europe, uh, because Europe obviously has is is a is a is a head of North America in terms of uh, carbon um, um, sort of carbon mitigation tactics. Uh, so we're, we're looking at the market. We're just trying to figure out where the best place to launch is uh, at this point. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about the uh, challenges and, uh, and opportunities uh, for the, co the company in, the, in your current stage? I'm sorry, can you please repeat? If you can tell us a little bit more about the challenges and, uh, and opportunities for the, uh, for the company at this, uh, at this current stage for you. Yeah, well, the challenges are to start up uh, in an industry that's been around for 2,500 years. Um, so that's a challenge. Uh, the, uh, and, and the challenge is, uh, you know, we're, we're converting customers uh, with, to a new technology. So they have to feel comfortable, um, you know, so that's, that, that, that's a hurdle to get over. Uh, 
but at the end, it's really the same product. Uh, the concrete that we call carbocrete concrete uh, is literally the same chemical composition uh, as concrete. We just took a different road to get there. Instead of hydration, we use carbonation. Uh, and instead of steel slag, which is calcium oxide and silicates, we, uh, you know, instead of, sorry, um, you know, cement, we use uh, steel slag, which is calcium mm -hmm. oxide and silicates. So it's just a different road to get to the same, same point. So it's, but just trying to explain that is, is, uh, is one of the things. So that's one of the challenges, you know, and, and the, the other opportunity is the, you know, the pandemic basically changed a lot of people's minds as to what we should be working on. Uh, you know, there's only so many new iPhones you can buy. The uh, like, basically, I think people's focuses are, are changing. Um, you know, to not about consuming and continuing to consume, but we should probably do something about climate change. Because guess what? The pandemic, nobody foresaw this, and all of a sudden, it, it stopped the world from spinning for a year, uh, more than a year. And, uh, and and so, you know, it's the trailer of the movie called uh, Climate Change, and I, I think that. Over the course of the last year, and it's it started before the pandemic, you know, with Greta, Greta Thunberg, uh, you know, organizing marches. There was five hundred thousand people here in Montreal that marched uh, in that on that day in September, um, you know, in twenty nineteen. The um, there's been a, a movement. It's no longer grassroots. It's uh, you know, it's big corporations now that are getting their feet into this. Um, you know, you've seen all those commitments Microsoft's made. Uh, Stripe, uh, Shopify—that they're looking to to buy down their carbon, uh, their carbon sins. Uh, right. You know, they, they're they're trying to reverse what has been happened, what has happened so far, and so there's no technology better than a carbon negative one to help with that. Uh, it's not like we're planting trees in Indonesia. We're actually making hard products that cannot be, um, you know, cut down or 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 carbon, uh, you know, released again. So. Yeah. It's a pretty unique solution. Is this an opportunity in terms of, um, uh, I would say, uh, those carbon offset uh, that you could uh, eventually like uh, sell to uh, to companies uh, in your business model, or uh, not at all? Or yeah, there's there's two revenue models. There's the licensing model, and then there's all the whole carbon offset model. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a big part of the business uh, because there's, as I mentioned, there's not a lot of ways to, as, you know, get rid of carbon dioxide. Uh, so we, we've got a very unique way of doing it uh, in an industry that can take a lot of concrete, uh, a lot of concrete. So um, it was well positioned. And not only that, we're stuck between the cement industry and the steel industry, the two hardest to decarbonize industries. Uh, you know, and we've got a, a cool solution that still makes a good product that everybody uh, needs. So now my last question that uh, I'm going to ask you for this uh, this part one uh, is how the community can uh, can help you uh, if you have uh, any uh, anything that uh, uh, you're looking for or tell us a little bit more about uh, how we can uh, we can help you people who are listening. Uh, well, the community, like uh, you know. People can go to their architects and to their, you know, their suppliers and say, "I want carbocrete concrete," uh, you know, and then they're going to come and see us. You know, that's the uh, that's the, and this has already started to happen. You know, we get phone calls from regular uh, customers that are not uh, masonry producers that are people that just want to buy the product. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it basically it helps us um, to market to the the licensees. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much, Chris. It was a, a, a big pleasure. I don't know if there's anything that I uh, didn't ask you that I should have. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much. It was a, a pleasure to, uh, to have you. Thank you very much and take care of you.